0: We're standing on the word of
1: scripture If you were to be standing with you Never I'll be gonna budge We ain't going nowhere We're standing on the word of scripture If you were to be standing with you Hey what up everybody, it is Norm and I would like to welcome you to episode 19 of Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Uh, We are jumping back in. David is going to talk about temples, Uh, so this is going to be an interesting one. There will probably be a lot of stop and talk. as you can see I'm not in my usual area we've got house guests again so I'm gonna try to keep my voice down since it's pretty late Um, I'm upstairs my little girls asleep my wife's asleep everybody's asleep I'm the only one in the house that's not asleep um, because I'm here talking to y'all so um, well worth the sacrifice to be able to um, refute some of the things that uh, the Mormon Church teaches so That being said, without further ado, again, we'll probably hit an ad as we open up the video, but we'll see, maybe we'll get lucky. Roll the dice and go. Hey, look at that, didn't even.
0: This is what the portable Israelite tabernacle looked like. It was somewhat of a blueprint for the permanent temple Solomon would build and that Zerubbabel and later Herod would rebuild in Jerusalem. It's where Christ, taught as a boy, and the place he cleansed. This is what the portable Israelite tabernacle well, was like. It was somewhat okay. of a blueprint for the permanent temple a a Solomon would reaction. build, and that Sorry Zerubbabel that. and later Herod would rebuild. In Jerusalem. Uh, it's where videos. Christ, taught as a boy, and the place he cleansed as a man. The temple was extremely important to Christ and his contemporaries. But in the centuries after Christ's death, the importance of temples seems to have all but completely faded from the general Christian world. Why is that?
1: please David, in
0: lightness why is that the most common explanation for the absence of temples today is that these ancient temples were simply part of the law of moses the old covenant that christ fulfilled that's an understandable explanation and certainly some aspects of the temple like animal sacrifice were of course no longer necessary after-
1: okay so here we got we got to stop because he's playing semantics he's saying these ancient temples there's one temple there was a, there was the tabernacle that was the precursor to the temple and then there was one it was destroyed it was rebuilt it was destroyed it was rebuilt one temple that's it that was what was maintained biblically that there would only be one temple God said that that's where he was gonna place his name and so when he when David says temples he's doing so with the intention of getting in your head that there were multiple temples even in Jesus's day which there was not there was one and it's pretty clear when Jesus talks to the woman at the well um, that he there is a specific uh, place for the temple and she says you know our ancestors uh, worshiped on this mountain you Jews worshiped in the temple and then jesus makes a comment and we're going to get to that here in a minute but i'm going to let david go on for just a second
0: after christ but animal sacrifice was not the purpose of the temple it was just the means to an end the purpose amongst other things was to commune with god and symbolically enter his presence and that is just as important today as it was back then just because something happened in
1: okay the temple was there for the sacrifices that was its intent that was its purpose it was it was not just because again in the tabernacle that's where where moses communed with god and yes that's where um god interacted with the leader uh, the prophet and but as you get into further into the new testament that happens less and less um we don't see god interacting with people in the temple um, we see some different things in the Holy of Holies with uh, angels visitations and, and stuff like that but it was not the exact same thing And that what the temple was there simply to do the sacrifices that were required um, that was the, the purpose of the temple it was so God had a place um, that he put his name um, and again when we break down uh what was done in the old testament temple and what the mormons do in the temple now there's no correlation there's absolutely no uh corroboration correlation anything uh connecting the activities in the two
0: temples in the old testament does not mean it's no longer relevant now for example Ten of the 613 laws that comprised the law of Moses in the Old Testament are the Ten Commandments, the big ten. But when Christ came to fulfill the law of Moses, he didn't throw the Ten Commandments in the trash. He expounded upon them.
1: But again, the temple was the place of the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant. And and granted, they're going to say Old Testament is a covenant. The... Place of atonement was in the temple. That was its intent. It was a place where the 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 priest could do the sacrifices to atone for the sins of Israel. When Jesus came, there was a new covenant. No longer a need for the the atonement was done once for all um, through Christ. So there was no need for a temple anymore. It's different. It it, it to to Uh, compare the temple to the Ten Commandments as a non sequitur they don't go together they're not the same thing the the law was what God gave us to be a schoolmaster so we could see our need for the Savior so we could see our need for his atonement Um, and that's why we still see the Ten Commandments um, and so on but they're not it's not the same as the temple so this is this is a deception. This is a a uh, rabbit trail. Call it what you want, but this is it, it's taking two. It, it's comparing apples and oranges. Um, this statement, and so uh, it's it's intended to it's intended to deceive. There's a couple other things in here. There's one that I've got to really um, restrain myself when we get to it because the first time I
0: watched this video, it made me pretty angry, and it probably will again. He said, not only should you not kill, but you shouldn't even let yourself be angry with other people. Likewise, temples weren't kicked to the curb. They were meant to adapt to embody the law of Christ, the higher law. After Christ died, the thick temple...
1: Notice he continues to say temples. There was one. And, And this is an important thing to note. There was one temple. And he continues to deceptively use the term temples.
0: The temple veil which separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple was torn from top to bottom. Some faiths interpret this as a sign that temple worship was over.
1: It, it was. The, the, the makeup of the veil and the fact that the only way that veil was rent was God rending that veil from top to bottom, mind you. That veil was torn. It was not torn from the bottom up. God tore that temple. And it it opened up the Holy of Holies, uh, indicating that there was no longer a need for sacrifice. And it it put an end to the, the, I don't want to say the worship in the temple, but that that was not what the, the temple was intended for. Worship was done in synagogues. The temple was intended for sacrifice to be made for atonement for the people.
0: Outsourced by Christ. Latter Day Saints interpreted a couple of different ways. First, just as a symbol of Christ's death, because of...
1: the veil was not a symbol of Christ's death, because Christ did not re- the veil did not represent Christ. The veil represented the barrier between God and man. The rending of the veil represented the the victory that Christ had over death. The veil represented sin, um, separating God from man. If there was a, a symbolic uh, aspect to the veil, it was that it was a sin that separated man and God. It was not a symbol of Christ's death, it was a symbol of Christ's victory over death.
0: It was only through Christ, through the veil, that the high priest could come into the presence of God the Father. And if the veil represents Christ and Christ dies, it makes sense for the veil to be torn.
1: The veil doesn't represent Christ, the high priest represented Christ being the one that was allowed only once a year to go into the Holy of Holies. The, the the high priest was a picture of Christ. The veil was not a picture of Christ.
0: Second, historically, only the Israelite high priest would be allowed into the Holy of Holies only once a year. The tearing of the veil also represents an end to that practice and the welcoming in of all people, not just Israel, into the kingdom of God. Out of com-
1: okay so now here we have a question it begs the question that if the rending of the veil meant all people are welcome why are not all people welcome in the Mormon temple why are not even all Mormons welcome in the Mormon temple you have to be worthy you have to have a recommend if the tearing of the veil meant all people are welcome and again you hear the the twisting that all people are welcome in God's kingdom the Holy of Holies did not indicate God's kingdom it represented the holiest place um, and so Again, the this statement begs the question, why are not everybody allowed
0: into Mormon temples? Context, Acts 17 comes pretty close, but nowhere does scripture...
1: Okay, see, here, here's the thing that, that they do. I'm trying to keep myself from um, one, falling off my chair, and two, from, okay, hiding myself behind the thing. Let's take a look at what Acts 17.24 says, because no Christian that I know of uses this verse um, to uh, defend the end of... oh, gosh! Let's shut my phone off. Thank you. Uh, let's get to it. <laughs> Sorry. My apologies. Uh, the God whom... Acts 1724, the God who made the world and everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Okay, so this is not an an, this is not a verse that Christians use to defend the ending of uh sacrifices and the ending of the necessity for a temple. This is nowhere near it. If we are going to look at a verse that we would um, used to indicate um, the end of temple worship, we would go to John chapter 8. When Jesus is talking to the woman by the well. Not John chapter 8. That's a woman caught in adultery. John, bear with me momentarily. Let's let David talk for a minute. And uh, so again, Acts seventeen twenty four. Not the verse we use to defend uh, the end of temple um, worship. We use do do do. I'm gonna get there. Bear with me. John chapter four. <laughs> okay, knew we'd get there. Um, John chapter four, starting in verse twenty one. Jesus said to her, "Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father." you worship what you do not know we worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth so again this refers back to when she had said to him um, you uh, you worship our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you said that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus, She's talking about the temple. The temple was in Jerusalem. That is the place that Jesus says that neither here on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you're not going to worship God in a temple. You're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. It is John chapter 4 where we would go to to refute this idea that temples need to be continued on but not Acts 17. That's again, it's the, it's the slippery little way that they sneak things in to make you think he's going to do it again here in a minute. Um, and I'm going to challenge him, not that he'll ever watch this and respond, but uh, I, I have a challenge for him as he comes up on this. So, continue.
0: Plainly say the temple worship should be done away with. If that had been the case, the apostles wouldn't have worshiped there but Peter and the apostles and Paul are all constantly at the temple well after Christ's death.
1: Okay, and this is true. We see, situations where they are in the temple but they are in the temple proclaiming Christ they are in the temple they're praying they're doing things but nowhere do we again nowhere do we see any of the things that the Mormons do in the temple being done in the temple in anywhere in the Old Testament or anywhere in the early church and again he's gonna make a comment here in a minute that is gonna re- re- refer to that but we don't see them worshiping in the way that we see mormons worshiping in a temple they are there they're praying um, again there's there's no recommends there's no uh, measure of worthiness to be in there except for jew and and so on and the, the different sections of the temple that people could go into um, but the, the worship that they're doing, they're, they're evangelizing in the temples. Um, we see it multiple times that they're arrested for being in the temple courts preaching Jesus. They're preaching uh, the, the end of sacrifice, uh, not doing endowments or anything
0: like that. Acts 22, Paul is praying at the temple and Christ appears to him in a vision at the temple. Obviously, they still considered it to be an integral part of Christian life.
1: That is not true. That's just not a true statement. The, the, w- nowhere in, in, in the New Testament do we see anything where Paul or any of the other apostles encourage worship in the way that Mormons worship in the temple and the way that he's indicating. That, that's just simply not a true statement.
0: Temple worship continued to exist in some form even after the death of the apostles. Early texts and church fathers record details about temple worship and Christian initiatory practices that are strikingly similar to what Latter-day Saints do in their temples today.
1: No, no, and this is an outright lie. This is not true. I challenge you, David, provide texts. Provide me with texts of what early church fathers and i mean early church fathers you were talking about uh masons as as freemasonry began and those are the only ceremonies that are even remotely similar to to mormonism and and that's not even early that's not even i mean the the traditions of of freemasonry says that it's it's early on in and even before into solomon's temple But it's simply not true. Odds are that there's nothing even remotely close to what the Mormons do in the temple until the 1500s, and that's my that's my challenge. So I'm going to challenge you directly, David. I'm going to send you this video. I'm going to challenge you on Twitter. I'm going to challenge you on Facebook. I'm going to challenge you on YouTube. Provide texts. Give me specifics, because you don't you you give pictures of early church fathers that you don't even identify. We don't know who these people are. You just picked out some pictures out of somewhere and threw them up. This is the deceit of Mormons that just drives me crazy, that angers me beyond anything, is this stuff, because this is absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. And if you can convince me otherwise, David, if you can provide me proof, but you can't,
0: If Joseph Smith was just making things up on the fly, he was an extremely lucky guesser.
1: Joseph Smith was copying Masonry, copying the Freemasons. That's it. That's all he did is he copied a group that he was already involved in.
0: That said, Latter-day Saints believe a general apostasy was well underway in the centuries after Christ's death. Essential teachings became corrupted and temple worship eventually became foreign to mainstream Christianity though you do still see remnants of it in a lot of Catholic architecture, worship, and tradition. So essentially, here's the situation. In ancient Jerusalem, you've got a bunch of Jews, they have a temple. Then Christ comes and also worships at the temple. During his ministry, all of a sudden, you've got this new group breaking off of mainstream Judaism called Christians, who also worship at the temple. Then Christ dies, but both Jews and the leaders of these new Christians continue to worship at the temple. Christ is making appearances at the temple. Yet fast forward two thousand years, and for some reason we believe. T-
1: and Christ was also making appearances on the road to Damascus, and on the road to Emmaus, and in and, and tons of other places. Was Christ made? He didn't just appear in the temple, and it it was it was less that he appeared in the temple than he did in other places. He appeared in the upper room. He appeared with the apostles. He appeared on the on the, the shores of the Sea of Galilee it's a very small percentage of the post-resurrection appearances of christ that happened at the temple so to make it out like this is some some huge uh, important um, essential thing is just wrong mention of worship in the temple throughout the new testament is minuscule it mentions them going there, it mentions them evangelizing there, it mentions them praying there once in a while but there's no mention of actual worship. There's no mention of sacrifices being done by the, uh, the apostles. There's no mention of endowments, of weddings, of baptisms, anything that happens in the Mormon temple, none of that is mentioned in the New Testament or in the writings of any early church fathers. And I challenge you to prove me wrong.
0: Temples are irrelevant? What's up with that? Well, Latter-day Saints believe-
1: We are the temple that's what the word says that's what Jesus said that's what Paul tells us throughout the New Testament it says that we are the body of Christ that we are living stones that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit we no longer need a temple because the sacrifice has been made once for all for those who will repent and put their trust in Christ we don't need a temple we are the temple the Holy Spirit dwells within us Our, it, that is where the Holy of Holies is it is within us it's within the body of Christ that's why the temples are irrelevant. That's why there's no longer a need for a temple. Because Jesus has said, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ. He, told, he That temple was destroyed and he built it back up again. We are the living stones of the temple of God. That's why it's irrelevant
0: they're still extremely relevant and have over 160 of them around the world.
1: And again, there was one temple. The fact that you have all of these temples goes against what the, what the Old Testament said the temple should be. There are not many. There is one. And now there is one, and it is the, the universal church of God. It is God's church. It is the people that are the temple of the living God.
0: Now, if temples are still so important, the next question on your mind should be, why, and what goes on there now? Great questions, we're gonna jump into those soon in another episode. As for right now, check out the links in the description for more information, and have a great day.
1: All right, I went way longer than I had intended to go on this video, so I'm gonna wrap this up. And again, just make the statements that one, the temple is no longer needed we are the temple believers in Christ if you repent and put your faith in his work and his work alone not in some weird ritualistic work that is done in the temple Jesus did the sacrifice that was necessary which makes temples obsolete and if we repent and put our trust in him in his work we become the temple of the Holy Spirit we are the temple the believers in Christ his body his church we are the temple we no longer need to go and everything that the Mormons do in the temple today can be found in different aspects of of Freemasonry and uh, I would even dare say witchcraft but it's not in the Bible anywhere and again my challenge stands prove me wrong show me something concrete evidence that says that any of what happened in the mormon temple today happened in the early church and i will recant but as martin luther said unless i can be convinced by clear reason and scripture my conscience is held captive to the word of god here i stand i can do no other and as always preach the gospel at all times use words they're necessary until next time Soli Deo Gloria.